Hello, everybody. It's Michael Martin. Thank you for being here. Um, so, you know, there's been some volatility in the marketplace this week, in case you didn't notice. And some of you might be hanging on to, like, names that you wish you got stopped out of, but you're still long, thinking that it might just have been a short-term bounce. You know, your guess is literally as good as mine, because it is complete guesswork. Um, markets and people can be fickle, and... People as human beings, including myself, we are horrible at prediction. So I always try to temper my sense of hubris, right? And I think it's wise for you to do the same. Again, whether you got 5K and you're just starting out or whether you're working at a single family office and you have 9, 10 figures uh, under your discretionary control. So I wanted to talk to you today about putting in a protective stop so that if the market does suddenly move against you, Let's, I want to talk to you about what happens because there's two things that are going on. One is by, well, there's actually more than two things. The first one, by putting in your protective stop, okay, you are, you're following chapter two of my book, which is surrender. And that's to say that you're basically powerless over where the markets go. So I don't care whether you're trading cryptos, marijuana stocks, the big, large cap tech names, doesn't matter to me because it's all irrelevant. They're all waves to surf, right? That's really all it is. And when you put your protective stop in, you're saying, I surrender to the fact that all I know up until this moment of time is that I want to be long. And if I'm wrong because of bad luck, bad timing, black swans, which is bad luck or bad faulty analysis or a crappy system that I haven't really backtested, but I know I'm going to learn more from actually doing trading than thinking about trading, right? and overthinking stuff because experience will be your best teacher, you're going to put in your protective stop. And if you're risking a quarter to a half of 1% when you are just getting started, you know that you can withstand, you know, think about it. You could have 20 losses at a quarter point and you're only down, what, 5%. So you still have 95% of your cash. It's a good spot to be financially and it's a good place to be emotionally. And what happens is by not honoring that stop and avoiding that feeling because you're an ego or you're in hubris or you just can't see, you know, anything but upside for the names that you're in, oftentimes you'll have to learn a very painful lesson that these things are very difficult to trust. And it's nothing personal. Two, let me just get out of the way that no one is reverse engineering your trades and trying to dive bomb your stops so that it can bounce and go back up. If you think that, that's absolutely stupid. If you're running a billion dollars and you're Ken Griffin, thank you, Ken, for listening. <laughs> Maybe you have something to worry about. But for the rest of you, you're largely anonymous and nobody cares. Nobody cares about your trading rules and your trading system. They have better things to do. And so get out of that, that stupid thinking and put your stops in to protect your cash because not doing so, you actually hurt yourself. So what's the point? You want to stand up and take it in the teeth and be the selling, the option seller who can make money for 37 months in a row, making nickels and dimes, and then you sell and a big event happens to you and you get blasted and you lose everything and then you're out of business. People are like, well, no, no, that, doesn't, that can't happen to me. Oh, yes, it can. It can happen to anyone, any way, anyhow, anytime. And you better be ready for it. So by putting in your protective stop, at least you have a sense of humility that says anything can happen at any time and I don't want to have to make a decision on the fly because I know I'm bad at prediction. I've made that up in my mind. I know that I own that fact. 
but I know the markets can move a lot faster than I can possibly, you know, put to work myself. And I want to have my stops in so that if the market does get smashed, I'll get knocked out of my position. I could think clearly. I won't be losing money and having to make some emergency room style life-saving event in the middle of all of this. The other part of it is very subtle and you might not be aware of it, but it's very, very important. You know, and I, I think someone's subconscious really is what motivates them and controls their behavior. Um, even if, like I said, they're not conscious of what or why they're doing what they're doing. The other benefit, and this is going to take a while to explain, but I'll try to do it very briefly. The other benefit to putting in your protective stops and getting knocked out of trades is this. When you are in a name that might surprise you, like Tesla sold down to the low 600s, right, recently. So suppose you were thinking that you were going to sell at support, which is around 8. So what do you feel when it's trading, when you're a trader, not an investment advisor, what do you feel when it hits that low of 619 and you're still long? Whatever that feeling is, it's probably not one of joy and abundance. Now, I don't know exactly what it might be. Maybe it's one of regret. Maybe it's one of, I should have done this. But this is exactly what I'm speaking about. And this is, the, this is 80% of it. If you're feeling a feeling that you don't like to feel, there's a way that you can fix that. You can say that I want to substitute that feeling of being down to a point where now I got to see whatever 33% rate of return to get back to 800, all right, or whatever it is, um, and replace that with one of frustration because it's the evil of two lessers. The benefit of getting stopped at eight, right, is that you don't have to put yourself through all that emotional turmoil of hoping that the name's going to come roaring back. Whether it does or not, I have no damn clue. The chart needs to repair itself a bit. But the point is, is that if you're a trader and not an investment advisor, you should have been out of that trade a long time ago. So again, I'm speaking to the trading crowd. So if you don't like what you're feeling right now, you can go back and alter your tactics and say, okay, well, the support was like 822-ish. Maybe you have enough profits that you give it to 800, where after 800, it's look out below. And this isn't about Tesla, and I don't give a shit about Bitcoin and what he's doing. I don't care about it. I'm just using it as an example of a price chart that I know from having seen it. I'm not implying any other type of wisdom or knowledge of anything else that they're doing or the people doing it. I'm just talking about price because at the end of the day, despite everything that people do and say, only thing that you can look at and, ever, and process in real time in the ever-evolving moment of now is the price. And if you neglect to do that, that's okay, but then you get everything that goes with it. And that's the feeling when the market's getting smashed and you're still long a stock that you know you should have gotten out. Now what's your strategy? Let's wait and see. What, are you going to wait for it to rally, then sell it at a break even? So you deserve it, if you want it, to, to reallocate your emotional you know, capital. I would prefer myself to not be in those types of names beyond points where I know I've, I'd know better to get out. It saves me a lot of emotional stuff. Where it's not like I'm despondent on the floor drinking a fifth of proper 12. I'm talking about just not letting that thing take up, you know, rent-free space in my brain, right? 
it's just too easy to say, okay, here's your entry, here's your exit. As the thing trades, you're trailing some type of structure, you're trailing a stop. Who knows what it's based on? Maybe volatility, ATR, standard deviation. I don't care what it is. Trail structure, trail a stop. But you get to offset your risk, preserve your capital, and you also free up all the other psychological, emotional, and stuff, which people believe is three quarters to 80% of trading. So on some level, you could say it's not really about the money. Of course, it's about the money because that's kind of why you're doing it. But it's that all that other stuff that you got to feel while you're managing the risk. You could always get back in. You know, now the market has to find a new level. My guess is that we'll create a new trading range here. That trading range might be 6 to 750, which is a wide range. It might narrow and then finally choose a side. One way to look at this, though, and how and what and why you should get involved again is looking around support and resistance. That's the second stage because I think you can make some money if you want to trade within the range, like buy it at support, sell it at resistance. But I think, and again, this doesn't go for everybody, but if you talk to my friends, the people in my circle, including the big dudes that I know, they're most likely concerned are like above 900 and below 800. The 12% trading range in between, it is a number. But they've calibrated their system so that they don't care about the $100 per se. They're thinking in terms of 100 over 8, which is 12.5%. And when do things get exciting? When it breaks above resistance, right? And hopefully can hold. Or if there's weakness and they can either liquidate their longs and or potentially short or maybe own you know, some puts, who knows what. It's all, it all comes in different shapes and sizes. But that's where they tend to care because that's where the bigger money is, right? 800 to 500, 900 to infinity. The stuff in the middle is just chop. It's trading range stuff where it's hard to you know, make money in those types of markets. So you, you, you let go of all that emotional stuff that you need to carry while you're trying to do that fancy footwork in a position that you might have wanted to offset at a different price, probably a higher price. So that's, that's the wisdom that you get from putting your stops in. Now, if you're going back to a few minutes ago, if you're worried or actually think that the HFTs are kind of gunning for your stops because it's you, that's probably self-centered thinking. And, you know, I'm, I might be more well-known than some of the people listening. I don't know. It's not something I really care about. But I probably have more risk around that was what I'm saying than you do. So if they're going to run the stops, they might run all of us. But ultimately, that means they're going to be carrying stock that they might want not to own either. Because if I, if, if I get stopped, someone's buying and why does someone want to buy into weakness? They have to sell it at a higher price. So, you know, think about it. There is no boogeyman that's trying to knock you out of a trade and have you come roaring back. So think about the scenario of being along a name that you knew you could have gotten stopped out of at higher price, preserve more capital. Now you could sit on your hands or find another name that is trending where the chart looks better. You don't have to deal with all the emotional crap and go into social media and say, hey, what do you think of Tesla here? What a snooze. What a snooze. You can let go of all of that crap and free up your time and go do some fun stuff. You know, read a book, learn a new language, play guitar, 
You don't have to be sitting there worrying about what's some name, remnant name that's in your portfolio where you kind of, it's not like you shouldn't be. I don't have that kind of judgment. What I'm saying is if you want to avoid the emotions that you're feeling right now from not having gotten out of the name earlier, and it doesn't have to be Tesla, it could be anything. You know, if you own Bitcoin and it's down 10% and you're trading, what does that make you feel like? You know, those are those are big percentage moves, but that's the world we live in. You know, all of that stuff. So, so that's the little nugget of wisdom that I'm going to leave you with today in that if you don't like how you're feeling, you can go back and alter a rule or respect a protective stop a little bit more. Maybe actually enter the order in as opposed to having it down as a mental stop and get filled. Because if you do get filled, more times than not, it's going to be a good thing. You're going to protect against the downside. And that could mean, you know, protecting against losing money. It could also mean protecting against giving or giving back some unrealized gains. But most importantly, after the P&L part, you have a clear head. And so much of this business is being able to operate with a clear head. At best, we're dealing with imperfect information and a lack of information. And we have to make decisions that are probabilistic with a lack of information and play the expected values of it. So your gains are only going to look like gains to the extent that you keep your losses small. You'll have the huge winners, my guess is. Even if you just got dumbass luck and you're in the right place at the right time, you have those winners, let them roar, let them go. But make sure that your win-to-loss ratio is like three or four to one, right? If you look at passive money managers, their ratio is not sometimes it's less than one. If you can have a two-to-one ratio or a three-to-one ratio, it doesn't matter the asset class. Sooner or later, you're going to have money showing up at your door. So think about what you're doing this for. Are you doing it to look smart or are you doing it to make money? I also want to do it and have peace of mind and have the liberty and the freedom of not having to worry about how much worse can it get get before it gets better. So that's the, the ethos here and in, is in the thinking of why do you do what it is that you do around your order entry and your position sizing? Because ultimately, if you're a trader, you're responsible for all of that. You are the pilot and the navigator. You're the chef and the sous chef and the prep work in the kitchen and the cook. It's all on you. If you're an investment advisor, this might be interesting for you to hear, but it's not really relevant because you don't have an exit strategy and you don't care about that. And if you lose money, it's because you, you know, it's the market's fault probably. At any rate, that's all I have today. Don't want to be blathering on and on about it, but these are, these are high-end concepts. This is second and third order thinking in managing risk. So if you want to evolve your game that way or more deeper into that game, these are the types of things that you're going to want to work on and think about. If you have any follow-up questions, you can reach me through the site. There's a contact form at Martin Chronicle. And while you're there, you can look in the top right corner and get yourself a free copy of the audiobook version of my book published in 2011 called The Inner Voice of Trading. It's for free. I wish you all the best. I hope you're killing it. And uh, whatever I can do to help you, I'm more than happy to do. If not, point you in the right direction, if nothing else. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you Monday.